clap, let's cheer, let's praise him, he is good. Yeah, amen, so good. Uh, you are welcome to take a seat. Um, we have a, it's already been a wonderful morning. Um, it is going to continue on. Um, so this morning, we actually have a message from our global leader of C3 Church. Um, that's the movement um, we are a part of. Um, his name's Pastor Phil Pringle. Um, incredible man, uh, man of faith, um, who has impacted my life over many years. Um, his words of faith and his ministry. Um, so it's a bit funny, he's actually not here behind the curtain. <laughs> so, so everyone who came in the room, you know, you're going to watch message on the screen again, woo! Um, which is fine, right? It's the Word of God. It doesn't matter whether it's someone in the flesh or someone on a screen, everyone online, you'll be just right in the zone ready for this. And um, it's going to be powerful. It's a powerful Word. I've had a little preview. It is good. Uh, you will um, be impacted by the Word of God this morning. So um, turn your eyes to the screen um, and be ready to receive this morning. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year 2022. It's got to be better, doesn't it? Phil Pringle, leader of C3 Church Global, speaking with you this morning. I'm so thrilled to be with you. Everywhere around the world, we are seeing growth, expansion, increase, great moves of the Holy Spirit, especially as we recover and rebuild out of COVID and all the implications of that. Relationships, congregations, financial loss. God is a restorer. He recovers. He brings back more than we lost. He is the great redeemer of the worst of circumstances. And today I want to talk about one of those re's, the revival, the resurrection, the recovery, the restoration, rebuilding. I want to talk about resurrection. Because for some people, it feels like some areas have died and there's just no hope. It's gone. But happily, we've got Jesus in us and we've got Jesus on our side. And the one thing that differentiates Jesus from every other sage, wise person, respected thinker, Speaker, Plato, Seneca, any of the, the great orators and thinkers of times and history who had colleges and lectures and students. One thing very different about Jesus. Firstly, he died for his followers. He died for them as a sacrifice. Imagine the leader of a movement dying for his followers, for the movement. And then not only did he do that, he rose from the dead. He resurrected. You won't read of any other, any other teacher in history or leader in history doing that. And that is why Jesus Christ is Lord. Not only of this earth, but the universe. Of every kingdom, of every king, ruler and leader. Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the God of the resurrection. And that same spirit, we're told, that lived in him, lives in you and me. And so as we enter this brand new year, I feel this on me as a message for us individually, for our leaders, for you and I as church members, that we will have the power of his resurrection 
surging in us, bringing back what has been lost, helping us rise above every circumstance that's trying to drag us down, whether it's family, relationships, finances, circumstances. We refuse that and allow the life of God like a cork underwater. We pop to the surface by the power of the Holy Spirit and you and I will walk on the water, not be drowned under the water. You and I will walk on the mountains, not be overwhelmed by the mountains. You might be facing mountains of emotional stress or mountains of debt. They may seem impossible to overcome, but I need to let you know today that with God, nothing's impossible. In fact, all things are possible with Him. No mountain is bigger than God. If it's trying to tell you it's too big, you tell your mountain how big your God is, that He is on your side and that He can do far beyond anything that we can imagine, even in our wildest dreams. He does exceedingly abundantly above all that we dream or conceive in our imagination. So let's go to the most famous story of resurrection in the Bible, Lazarus. John 11, verse 1 to 44, it's a long passage and we haven't got all day, so I'm just going to skip through it. So let's go now. It says in verse 1, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and a sister, Martha. Jesus loved these guys. They were friends. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. So let's just stop there for a second. That's kind of weird, right? Lord, he whom you love is sick. If God loves you, how come you get sick? Things happen to us and we shouldn't see God through the filter of our circumstances. We need to see God through the filter of the Word of God. So understand this, just because you got sick, it doesn't mean God doesn't love you. In fact, she's saying the love is undisputed. It's absolute. We understand you do love. And also, just because you have sick circumstances or sick finances doesn't mean God doesn't love you. Don't doubt His love because of your circumstances. Your circumstances are not the hieroglyphics of God's message to you. It's not God's speaking to you. Sometimes it may be, but he'll make it extremely clear that it's him. God loves you. Nothing can stop that. Nothing can prevent it. Nothing can wound that love that he has for you. It is for eternity. Unstoppable. Okay, so then it says, when Jesus heard that in verse 4, he said, this sickness is not unto death. He gives a word, a prophecy but for the glory of God. The sickness is not under death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Pretty good prophecy. Pretty good word from the Lord. If you've got to send a messenger off to Jesus and said, hey, we've got, to, we've got to, your friend is sick. And Jesus prophesied, this isn't under death. It's going to be okay. Now it says, Jesus loved Martha and his sister and Lazarus. So when he heard he was sick... He stayed two more days in the place where he was. 
Unbelievable. I, I don't get this at all. If I hear somebody's sick, you kind of act immediately, don't you? you? You get on the car, on the phone, or you get in your car, or you go visit them, you say, oh, praying for you, believing with you, hoping that it, it, it all comes right. Not Jesus. He hears he's sick. He says, okay, let's just hang here for two days. The disciples are going, why? The ways of God we don't understand. So here's my second point. Just because it's delayed doesn't mean it isn't going to happen. Just because God's taking a long time, neither does it mean He stopped loving you and neither does it mean it isn't going to happen. He stays two more days. God has this thing about taking a long time. I don't know, we should all form a committee and have a chat with him about it because it just seems, I mean, some people say he, he, he waits until midnight. Not in my case. It's like four o'clock in the morning. I, it, 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 he, God just takes time. And we have gotten so used to living fast lives that we can sometimes get our attitude buckled and out of shape with God because we're trying to fit him into our schedule, into our box, our time. But I've got to tell you, it still takes nine months for a baby to form in a mother's womb. It still takes 20 years for a tree to grow to its full potential. There's a lot of things that haven't changed that aren't moving faster because we can't manipulate them to do so. But everything we can, see it on the back of a bus, order it now, get it this afternoon. Drones are going to fly it in from Amazon or whatever. You, you can Uber order your meal right there before you put the phone down. Bing, there it is, in your lap. No need to develop patience in this world. No, and if anything makes you wait, you, you can get an attitude. Yeah, well, you guys just took way too long. You took 30 seconds when you said you'd take 15. I mean, imagine us getting a, an attitude because of a few seconds. We, sit, we stand next to a microwave tapping our fingers. Why do these things take so long? I mean, God is not a microwave. God moves slowly and therefore deeply. And oftentimes we are just skimming across the surface and never fully being present to experience the depth and the riches that are in each moment because it's just too fast. We want to be distracted by a thousand things and be touching a million different areas and none of them really do we absorb or get close to Him. Jesus wants to teach us that, to feel the moment. And so he begins with this negative thing. He waits two more days. He says, hey, Peter, the coffee's good here at Cafe Galilee. Bring it over. I'm going to put another line in the lake and see if I can't pull up a fish. And they're going like, Jesus, your friend is sick, and here you are fishing, and you're drinking Java on the side of Lake Galilee. Yes, this is nice here. And the next day is just the same. Let's just get some more of that. that. That coffee, they make such good coffee. And then, then he decides, okay, let's, let's wander on back. <laughs> we sometimes think an urgent issue demands our stressed out, anxious response. But Jesus never let the devil set his agenda. He didn't let death set his agenda or sickness. He says, no, nah, I'm just going to hold steady. And he walked in confidence and faith. He knew what was going to happen. So he says in verse 7, okay, let's go to Judea again. 
The disciples said to him, probably Thomas, Lord, it is Thomas in verse 16. He's called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go that we may die with him. Positive leader there, <laughs> full of vision. I mean, the disciples said, Rabbi, the, the Jews sought to stone you there. Are you going to go back? Jesus, yeah, we'll go back. It's not my time yet. Thomas says, okay, sort of a heroic negative guy. Let's go and die with him. The romantic in the, in the crew is he's, he's like, what are you talking about? We, we, that, I mean, that is not Jesus' mission. His, his mission is to go and resurrect somebody, not to go and die. It just shows you how opposite our thinking can be when we're living in doubt to where God's at. His ways are not our ways. We've got to get our thoughts into Scripture Get out of the news cycle, people. Get out of the, the Twitter feed. Get out of all the things that are shaping a perspective in you that things are negative. Things are polarizing, angry, offended, all that. We need to come into the Word of God and see the mindset of Jesus is I'm going to resurrect a man. I'm going to bring somebody back to life. I'm going to get somebody who lost everything in COVID back into restoration and back into revival. So... When Jesus came, he found that he'd been in the tomb four days. So pretty much once the messenger arrived, Lazarus died. And yet, how weird is this? Jesus gave a word. He gave a prophecy. This is not unto death. I beg your pardon, Jesus. The boy's dead four days by the time you turn up. What's, what's with the prophecy? This is not going to happen, end in death. It looks like it didn't work. It looks like the word was untrue. You ever had a prophecy and, and it felt right at the time and people confirmed it, but then, wow, it goes south, gets pear-shaped, looks ugly. You think, oh, God, well, I just put it on the shelf, won't revisit it, or, or else maybe you just got a whole faith crisis and said, well, God isn't real and... The whole church is no good. And ministers, well, they just say things that are positive for whatever. And, but maybe rather than go there, we just stay in tune with the Lord and say, help me understand this mystery, God. Because there are some mysteries. Some of them you get to understand, some of them you don't. And when you hit a mystery, change gears to, to neutral. Don't get into reverse and get out of the kingdom. Just, just say, God, I'm not fully understanding what is happening here. And if he chooses to let you know, well and good. If not, trust him. Trust God. Move from an aggressive faith to a place of reposed trust. Say, I trust you, Lord. Even though I don't understand it, I trust you. Many believers have been in that place. Think of Job. Couldn't understand why. What's going on in my world? Until after, obviously, he saw the revelation, how the devil got involved. Others who had mysteries happening, they didn't know what God was doing, like Joseph getting sold by his brothers and down into a prison and then accused unjustly of attempted rape and going up and down in his life. It's just a mess until finally his brothers are standing before him, begging for grain, and he understands this you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. It felt like evil. It felt like terrible things were happening. 
but you, you came through. So, he's been dead for four days. Now, Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask God, God will give you. So Martha's like God's counsellor. She's the gal who tells God how he should run the universe. She's, she's a chider. You know, that kind of person. She's, she's running down the, the, the pathway to the house, wagging a finger at Jesus, and you very naughty, naughty Messiah. If you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. If you'd only come when, when, when we call for you. If you'd, if you'd only do your job like God should do his job. You're meant to turn up when people are sick. And you're meant to heal. Them. You're meant to fix things up, God. And so instead of surrendering to you and worshipping you and thinking, I'm going to blame you and complain to you. We make that choice, people. We make a choice to, to harden or soften to get bitter or better when things happen in our lives. So here's Martha just chiding Jesus and, and he, he says, your brother will rise again. Here's another prophecy. Whew. Well, that first one didn't really work that well. Do you think I'm going to believe another one? Once bitten, twice shy, my friend. You know, it's like he's got a word though. Your brother's going to rise. It's going to work. Martha said to him, I know, I've, I've been to C3 online college. <laughs> I know about the resurrection, the second coming. and the, I know all about that. Yeah, he, I know you'll rise when you come back again. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Whoever believe, lives and believes in me shall not die. Do you believe this? Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Mary says this now. Okay, so people, you've you got to get faith in the present. Because she had faith in the past. If you had been here, this could have gotten fixed. A lot of us have, have a kind of a faith like that, but it's, it, it doesn't do anything. It's, if only I hadn't bought that house, taken that job, married that person, whatever. If only wishing and pining for a different past. You know, if you put Jesus in that past, he can rewrite it and start to bring that rewritten history into your present. As I said before, it's what Joseph did. You meant it for evil. But I'm sending God into my history and I know that he meant it for good. Even though it looked bad at the time, it's working out for good now. So... She also had faith kind of in the future. Again, doesn't really work. I know that he'll rise when you come back again. I've got faith in the past, faith in the future. Jesus says, right now, I'm going to work a miracle. Bring your faith, focus it on here. I am the resurrection, not I will be or I was. That's how I was the resurrection. I will be the resurrection. He says, I am the resurrection. And if you believe in me, You'll live. Now, then he says, okay, everybody, in verse 38, take away the stone. Verse 39, take away the stone. There are things that God isn't going to do that he wants you and I to do. So we should do what we can do so he will do what we cannot do. 
He could have gone stone, and the stone rolls away. But he's not a magician. He doesn't do magic tricks for no point at all. He says, you roll the stone away. Whatever is heavy, like a heavy grief or a heavy grudge that we're carrying, a heavy unforgiveness, whatever, if we've got any heavy stuff, let's just roll it out today from the past, from, from the past few years where there's been a lot of pain, a lot of grief. And I am sorry for you if you have been through grief. I'm sorry that you've felt pain and if you've been through offence and challenge. I pray that there will be some healing here today for you. But somewhere along the line, we've got to let go of heavy stuff. You roll the stone away. And then Jesus said, actually, just wind it back a little bit. Before he did that, he said, I thank you, Father, that you've heard me. So he thanked God for something yet to happen that he had prayed about and he couldn't see the answer to because the stone was in front of that cave's mouth. There's no doubt in my mind that Lazarus was alive before they rolled that stone away. Jesus said, I thank you that you've heard me, Father. The boy was already alive. When Jesus finally gets him out of the cave, he doesn't say rise from the dead. He says, come out of there. So, so here's Lazarus walking around inside that tomb, people. He's walking around waiting for somebody to open that door and for him to get called out. He's alive. Your miracle is alive on the other side of that stone. Your miracle has happened in your future. The, the things that we are believing God for, are taken, they have taken place. Like God said to Joshua, go and to possess the land. I have given it to you. The resurrection, the rebuilding, the revival, the restoration, it has taken place. Lift up your eyes above the conditions you see and see beyond that into your future a whole new day of a revival of people returning into the house of God, being restored in your family, your finances coming back, your business building again, your, your, your relationships being healed, your own heart and emotions becoming whole again. See all of what God does in a resurrection. And so once that stone was rolled away, he spoke into the tomb in a loud voice. Speak into your future. Find a place where you can do it with a loud voice. Say, in Jesus' name, I call out the miracle that I'm looking for. Out came Lazarus. All the grave clothes still on him, bound hand and foot. Again, Jesus didn't go, take him off. He said, guys, remove the, the grave cloths off, off the guy who's dead, off the dead guy. Yeah, so they do. And you and I, all of us, can get involved in helping people get rid of their past, the things that wrap them up in their history. We just help them, talking with them, unwrapping them, saying it doesn't matter so much. Hey, look, let's walk away from that. Let's not be stuck in the past. Let's just start to, but it can be a gentle process. It doesn't all have to happen in one second. Getting saved is a long process. It begins with a decision. And then once we've got rid of the grave clothes, we can put on new clothes and start to live as a disciple, not as just somebody who got saved, but somebody who's going to be a follower, a disciple of Jesus. And I'd invite you into that life today. If you're a guest in one of our 
congregations, one of our services here today. We're so happy to have you. Thank you for coming. It's, a, it's our privilege, our, our honor to have you with us. Maybe you've never made a decision to follow Christ. Today, I'd love you to make that decision. Say, I'm going to follow Him. Or maybe you're not sure you're going to heaven. I hope, I hope you can make sure today. Simply pray a prayer with us at the conclusion of the service. It could be some of you who are coming back. Like the, the title of this message is The Great Return. Maybe you, you're making that great return here today at the beginning of a new year. I'm so proud of you. If you're doing that, I'm thankful to God for you. Can I ask everyone to pray this prayer? And there'll be some of you who maybe it's the first time. Maybe you're coming back. Maybe you're just making sure you're going to heaven and our pastors or somebody will connect with you at the end of the service. But could you say this prayer? Dear God in heaven, thank you for Jesus. I ask him into my life today. I commit myself to follow you. Thank you, God, for saving me. Amen. God bless you. I pray for the peace of God to rest on you, his grace to be felt all over your life, his presence to fill you, and that the joy of heaven fill your heart as you look into the future of 2022. God bless you. So to, um, to pull out something is I'm like, God, that's pretty huge. Um, I feel like a lot impacted me through that. And I hope the Holy Spirit was doing the same work in your life um, here in the auditorium and online. Um, but I thought I'd just, just, I don't know, just pull out something that the Holy Spirit was speaking to me about that maybe um, can encourage you as well. Um, so where Pastor Phil said um, towards the beginning, he said, we need to see God through the filter of the Word of God, not our own circumstances. And so again, with um, Mary and Martha, they're looking down at their circumstances, they, and it's, it's a traumatic circumstance. I, don't, I think we can't forget that this is their brother who has died, and I don't think they're like in their 90s and it's meant to happen. Um, oh, like, sorry, that's a bit morbid for older people. Sorry. But you know what I mean? Like, I think it's sort of like it wasn't meant to sort of happen and it was traumatic. And um, I think we got to remember that and that that was kind of huge circumstance, a huge mountain for them, right? Um, but God still calls us to look to Him and His Word and what He says. And, and don't look through that circumstance and go, like judge the character of God, that he's, he's let you down or that He's not in control or not all powerful or doesn't have a plan or that sort of thing. Um, but, but look beyond that mountain, look beyond that circumstance and, and see who He is and what the Word of God says um, about Him. And, and maybe it's not just a negative or a hard circumstance sometimes. Maybe it's a positive one, right? Maybe our circumstances are like, we are set up. Maybe business is actually booming through this, you know, COVID season. Or maybe your family's thriving or things are going like amazingly, which is so good. But then sometimes we get comfortable and we think, oh, well, I don't really need God. I built this. So maybe the, sometimes a positive circumstance helps us to see God in, in a wrong way when really it, this is all temporal. 
the things we build, the good and the bad things, look, let's look beyond that and let's look at the Word of God and what that says about Him. And then Jesus declared that He is the resurrection and the life. And then all through the book of John, He, he declares who He is, that He is the bread of life, that He is the good shepherd, that He is the true vine. Let's, let's look into the Scriptures. When, when we feel like our sight and our spiritual eyes are getting clouded with disappointment or with success, Let's take a moment to change our gaze into the Word of God. And that's been impacting for me because to tell you the truth, um, last year, like I had some disappointment in my life, like I'm sure other people have had. And I've had lots of beautiful blessings and success and amazing things as well. But I had disappointment, things that I really was holding on and and having faith for around um, my job that I thought was going to happen and that I was really excited about and I had made all these plans for, but it didn't happen. And I'm like, God, this was a solid plan. Come on, like, why couldn't you give me that job? And I remember as I was walking through that disappointment and I was actually debriefing with my boss about it, who's an incredible woman that I really respect. Um, but I was talking with her and I just, you know, when you just have that word, like, like it just flashes across your head, disappointment, disappointment. And I kept having these waves of emotion of how, how, I was disappointed how I felt like maybe God let me down or how, like, what do I think? But it was like in a moment, I was sitting there looking across from her and the Holy Spirit just spoke a word and He said, just release it. He said, you got to let that go. you got to lift your eyes. I mean, doesn't the Scriptures say that we are to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith? that there's this lifting of our eyes. If you think about in the Psalms, um, the author in Psalm 121 says, I lift up to my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heavens and earth. Just imagine him looking up to the hills and this, this kingdom, Jerusalem that he's established and going, oh, this, this kingdom here could be my strength. But no, my hope comes from the maker of the heavens and the earth. He lifted his eyes up further than those hills, right? So do you get this idea of lifting your eyes? And, and I had to take that disappointment and, and that hurt, I guess, um, and the confusion that might come with that. And I had to release it. I had to lift my eyes to him. I had to trust him. And, and I think that's much like what Pastor Phil was saying in that, um, that message that, that Mary and Martha had to trust in who he was and what he was doing. I liked how Pastor Phil said, stay in tune with what the Lord, with the Lord and be honest with him. It's okay to lament. It's okay to be sad in that disappointment, right? To feel that, but then lift your eyes. Trust him even when you don't know what is going on. And... Um, and I was even talking to my, my father, my, my earthly father, who's great to talk to as well as my heavenly father. And um, dad had listened to this message and, and he was pointing out how when Pastor Phil said that Mary and Martha were like, if you had only been here, he would have been fine. Or I could say to God, God, if you had only given me that job, or we could say, God, if you had only stopped COVID from spreading around the world, God, if you had only not brought that person into my business. Like, you know what I mean? You could, we can have that play, right? The if only. We can look back and go, God, this plan would have worked better. And then Martha was like, yes. And, and one day we were all resurrect. And, and, you know, the scriptures, they probably know a lot more than me. Um, they had sort of that faith in the future too. But Pastor Phil was, again, remember that faith for now, right? Like, he is the resurrection and the life now. Like, I can go, well, God, I know you're eventually going to give me the job and going to lead my path. 
But in this interim, right, the now and not yet that I, I think our pastor team have preached about a lot, which is hard to understand. But, but God has got something for now. He wants you to have faith for now. Have faith that God is going to move in your circumstances right now. Okay, that is something that I think is a word for people in this room moving into 2022 or just moving into Monday tomorrow. That He wants you to rise up in faith, lift up those eyes. Okay, maybe that can, I think Pastor Nate last week said that we all had to have a hook at the end of these messages um, throughout January for the soundtrack of summer. And so I'm like, okay, got to think of a hook, got to think of a hook. And, um, and I just thought of that, where are you looking? If you can just, when you exit this room, have that going through your head. Where are you looking? People at home, where are you looking? Are you looking at your circumstances? Are you looking for the success? Or are you looking through the sorrow? Yes, those things are real. But lift up your eyes. Where are you looking? Let's lift our eyes to Him, the maker of heaven and earth. So why don't you just stand with me now, um, church? Let's, let's take a moment. This is why we, we gather, right? We take a moment to gather, to posture ourselves, to focus on Him. And everybody's circumstance is different. Maybe you're at that high and things are going really well and that is so good. Or maybe you're at that low and you're like, I'm so disappointed, God. I really thought that was gonna happen. Wherever you are, let's lift our eyes to Him. Even if you need to physically in this room or at home, look up at the ceiling. I mean, it's a bit bright, but look up. Posture yourself to go, God, you are the maker of heaven and earth. Your ways are higher than my ways. And I trust you and I have faith for the now. I have faith that you are my God and you are good. And in your character, you are the resurrection and the life. So can we just, yeah, posture ourselves. Sometimes we like put our hands out like this. It's kind of, you know, if someone was, had a held, this is a bit full on. If someone held a gun to your face, you're like, oh, I surrender, you know, the hands thing. So that's what we, I mean, it's kind of, sometimes I think of it that way. Sometimes when I lift out my hands to God, not that he's holding a gun to my head. Oh, that sounds terrible. Anyway, but it's just that posture of surrender, right? So if you feel comfortable, if that's what you'd like to do, posture yourself, right? At home. Stand up, get out of that couch, stop the vacuuming, whatever it is. <laughs> Let's posture ourselves to lift our eyes, to lift our eyes to Jesus, our Saviour, to lift our eyes to our provider, our healer, our banner, our peace. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And I just believe the Holy Spirit right now. He is so good. And He is working in you, working in your disappointment, working in your hopes and your dreams for the future, working in your hopes and dreams for Monday, tomorrow. Right now I can see Him bringing light, bringing life, softening that heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, right now, Lord, I thank you that you are doing a work. Thank you, Jesus, that you know each one of us personally. I thank you for your word that 
helps us to know you, Jesus, and that we'll be forever living a life of knowing you, that you always have more for us. And Lord, I pray that as the people here in this room and online posture themselves, humble themselves before you, Lord, that you will have, they will have faith, faith, that you will rise up, that they will feel your presence. They will know you're working, know your closeness and your intimacy in their darkest moments and in their brightest moments. Holy Spirit, right now, thank you for your work. I thank you for your word. We lift up our eyes to you, Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And as we step out of this room, as we go into our day, Lord God, we step into that again and again, lifting our eyes, lifting our eyes.